This is a Federal News Network podcast. The General Services Administration takes the first step today to freeze current telecommunications contracts. The restriction is aimed specifically at those agencies that have ignored previous attempts to get them to move to the new Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions, or EIS, program. Now, this disincentive is one of the biggest lessons learned from the previous telecommunications transitions efforts. For what to expect, Federal News Network's Jason Miller talked to the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category at GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, Bill Zielinski. Right now, 9 out of 17 large agencies will award all task orders by March 31st, 2020. 11 out of 25 medium agencies will award all task orders by March 31st of 2020. And then 38 of 181 small agencies and Native American tribes will award their task orders by March 31st of 2020. And so as of the end of February, uh, we expect to receive a total of 192 solicitations across all agencies, of which 19 have an award already. So roughly 10% have not only released those solicitations, but they've already have an award in place on those solicitations. There's another 50 solicitations that have been released to industry, but are not yet awarded. And then another 32 are ready to be released, which leaves approximately 90 in some stage of review or completion for those solicitations. And, and Jason, I can't overstate the importance of transitioning while, moderni- while modernizing, right? GSA is optimistic that when we get to the end of 2020, we'll see considerable transition progress ac- across government. But that'll also be a strong indication that agencies have made kind of major advancements in their IT modernization efforts as well. Good numbers there in in many ways. When you say 9 of 17 large agencies will will award by March 31st, that's about 50 percent, just over 50 percent. Traditionally, we talk about 24 large agencies. So I guess when you talk about large, medium, and small, GSA, EPA, while we consider those quote-unquote large, those are in your medium world too, correct? Yeah, they, they are. Just for clarification, just make sure because people think of large agencies, they think of the CFO Act agencies and the like. Is that where you thought you'd be? I mean, obviously, the hope is always to be 100 percent, but 50 percent, considering ATOs just happened at the end of December, early January. Are you about where you expected to be? We do have concerns that as we set these different milestones in place, those milestones were really put in place to ensure that we have steady, consistent progress towards that full transition date when we get to the end of the contract. And as you know from past experience, that oftentimes there are those last lagging services and things that generally create the issue. So even if an agency has substantially transitioned most of their services over, there's always those last little bits and pieces that that need to be taken care of. And so the milestones that we put in place were to try to ensure that we that we move as much of it to the left as possible. I would say that in terms of expectations, I, I would have expected us to be a little bit further along than we are now. Uh, that said, I do think that by putting these milestones in place and consistently tracking progress towards those through our EIS transition progress tracking dashboard, it allows us to, to help inform agencies and their leadership as where they stand and what it means for risk relative to transition as we move forward. Do you get a sense when you talk to agencies, what is the delay for some of these agencies and, and what can GSA do to help accelerate the pace? A lot of it is is that this is really a once every 10 years, once every 15 years sort of transition. And so 
what we've seen with a lot of agencies is there's a lot of work, number one, that goes into ensuring that they have accounted for all the business services and know exactly what's in play. Uh, but there's also, as they look at modernizing and, and what services they're going to put in place in the new contracts, uh, that, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. So as security, as security requirements change, as an example, from the time that we awarded the contract to where we are today, we have moved from tick 2.0 to tick 3.0. And, and as you know, that's not a, it, it just an incremental change when you talk about going from tick 2.0 to tick 3.0. It's a considerable change in terms of the underlying policy and what mechanisms agencies have to, to follow that policy. So those sorts of things um, uh, often cause agencies to revisit their plans. You know, I, I would just say that it's a, it's a large, complex transition that requires constant work in, in moving it forward, while at the same time, there are things in the broader environment that are changing, as well as, uh, as, well as ensuring that agencies are, are, are properly aligned to, from a budgetary uh, perspective. So it's, it's just not an easy thing to transition all of these agencies and their services during these kind of uh, large-scale contract transitions. The EIS is much much more advanced in networks. The concerns over delays and solicitations, the concerns over agencies going big bang like for like, the concerns that I've heard from vendors, even about the time that GSA has, the, the milestones and deadlines that GSA has set out, is it enough time? Will agencies meet them? And of course, a whole separate issue that we can get into that probably doesn't really fall into your areas is the accountability factor that came up during the hearing. I know GSA is, again, I'm not going to ask you to comment on this because I know you're limited to what GSA actually can do from an accountability standpoint. But those are the, the concerns that I'm hearing from vendors about why EIS may be going down the same path as networks where delayed costs and, and concerns. We've taken those lessons learned. We've taken a look at those past transitions. And let me give you some kind of areas in which we, we have made material changes. So again, relative to accountability as opposed to kind of the mechanisms that we have, uh, when we extended those expiring networks with three and LSA contracts to May of 2023, we did so on the condition that we would, we GSA, would limit the use of extended contracts on an agency by agency basis if they not, had not made appropriate transition progress by March, March 31st of this year, so just later this month. And, and so the intent there is to disincentivize um, not, not just uh, request that agencies move forward, but actually put mechanisms in place that make it so that they cannot continue to utilize the old contracts as a mechanism to, to force more transition progress. So what that means is that um, after March 31st, we're actually going to begin to disconnect agencies in phases to meet that September 30th of 2022 milestone for 100% completion of transition. The very first phase of that includes services for which no agency has claimed responsibility and for small agencies that were non-responsive to the transition outreach. In future phases, it'll be based upon each agency's status at that time and the individual circumstances that's impacting the transition. So, for example, any potential protest, lapses in appropriation, pending contract modifications, those sorts of things. So that first part is we're actually going to start to remove the ability to continue on the old. Additionally, we're going to freeze all future growth on those legacy contracts, and we'll begin to suspend ordering activities on those contracts beginning in October of 2020. And we've actually communicated these, these milestones and these dates and these measures to agencies from the very beginning. So 
Jason, what we're really looking to do is, is to say that um, we all understand the importance of transition. We all understand the importance of being able to utilize the contract for modernization. But we, all also, we also understand that, that we cannot have uh, continued use of the old contracts, which is, which is where we really run into the problem. So one thing we didn't do in the last transition that we're doing in this one is we're actually pulling back on the availability of the services on the old, which, which then really very much forces the transition. And just so I can put a finer point on this build, so I understand. So if I'm an agency and I want to, and I currently I'm buying something off network, so let's make it up. I'm, I'm buying um, just plain old telephone lines off networks, and I said, you know, I could really like to add five more lines, and I, I I would not be able to go to networks to add those five lines. I'd have to go to EIS to add those five lines, and and that would also push me toward potentially adding the beginnings of VoIP for those initial lines. I know I simplified it, but but is is that the right kind of tone you're, you're trying to say? Yeah, basically, Jason. I I think the simplification might be too far of a simplification, simplification, right? Because when we talk about lines as a simple addition, as opposed to there were instances in the last transition where agencies were ordering wholly new services, not just an additional set of lines, but wholly new services on the old even as we were in the midst of that transition. In this case, what we're saying is if you're looking to add new services above and beyond the sets that you have today, those really need to go to EIS. Now, as you move through transition, as you put your, as you put your fair opportunity solicitations out and you move towards award, you can continue to use those, those old contracts for operating what you already have in place, but it's the substantially new services that, that are not going to be allowed on the networks and associated contracts as we move into into these next phases. Bill Zielinski is Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category at GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, speaking with Executive Editor Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. SMS text, 1118 a.m. Hey, girl, emergency. You wouldn't believe what just happened. Are you at your desk? I ripped my skirt and like half my tush is hanging out. Third floor bathroom, please help. LOL. When you send messages on SMS, someone else could be reading them. With end-to-end encryption, WhatsApp ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp, always message privately. Will you and everyone you work with lose their minds if you don't use Upwork to bring in more talent to help? Yep. Can you afford to spend months finding that talent the old-fashioned way? Nope. Can you hire them in seconds on Upwork? Yep. Is it complicated? Nope. Can you have them as long as you need? Yep. Longer than you need? Nope. Is Upwork a newer, better way to work? Yep. Is this commercial over? Nope. What about now? Yep. Upwork. This is how we work now. 